Fellas, are you tired of getting that disappointed look from your better half every time you forget to take out the trash or put the toilet seat down? Introducing Amazon Alex, the smart device for not-so-smart husbands. Hello there, Dave. Don't forget to pick up the dry cleaning today. No, those shirts won't iron themselves. Amazon Alex is the perfect companion for husbands who need a little nudge in the right direction. Dave, it's time to put on pants. Trust me, the neighbors will thank you. Never miss another important date. Dave, it's your anniversary today. Flowers, chocolates, and a heartfelt apology would be a good start. And for those moments when you're just not thinking straight. Dave, remember to breathe. And no, you can't wear socks with sandals to the fancy dinner tonight. But wait, there's more. You'll also receive the DIY support feature. Dave, I see you're attempting to fix the sink again. Might I suggest calling a plumber this time? We don't need a repeat of last month's flood. And if you order now, we'll include the optional British mode absolutely free. Hello, Dave. Time to scrub up, mate. Soap's your new best friend. Chim chimney, chim chimney. Now get yourself presentable. Translator not included. So guys, say goodbye to eye rolls and the doghouse. And say hello to the helper you desperately need. Amazon Alex. Your wife will thank you. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to We The People. It's 2024. It's taken us a little bit longer than we thought, but we are landing here in the new year and we're very excited to be back with you. I'm your host, or one of them, Pure Tiege, hailing from the heart of Belgium, but channeling my British charm into the Babylon Bee headline forum community. And uh, allow me to bumfuzzle your auditory senses with a delightful surprise. Probably not so much of a surprise. I'm joined by two wonderful co-hosts. The amazing Dr. Conservative Prof and Kurgle. How are you guys doing? Hey, good. Very excited to be back. I cannot believe it's already 2024. Tease, you're looking great. I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> That's a great dad joke. Good to see you, Prof. So we're, it's the new year. We're going to be high energy like a mega church youth group. So we're going we're gonna, <laughs> to do this. Hey, guys, you having a good time? I can't hear you. Yes, I'm having a good time. How about you? It's all right. I said. <laughs> well, we are um, looking forward to what this new year is going to bring. And we're hoping to, I mean, we've got no idea what's going to happen, have we? But I'm sure we'll have some delightful guests on and some wonderful surprises for you over the, the coming months ahead. But as far as this episode goes, we're really excited to introduce a very special guest, one of our very own a Headline Forum subscriber who goes by the interesting name, which we may get to the bottom of as the podcast unfolds. It is the one and only Skull Crazes. Howdy. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. It's great to see you and great to meet you virtually. Yeah. You know, I just quietly updated my moral foundation to it's 2024, guys. <laughs> so make sure you do the same thing. Don't say 2023 uh, anymore. I have to be honest, some, sometimes it's happened where I've accidentally filled in a form or something with the date, and I found myself writing something like 2013 or something, something <laughs> like that. or 2014. You just, you just lose 10 years. It, it happens. We're all getting old. 
Yep. So yeah, it's been a while since we all caught up together, and uh, it's it's now February, and um, probably what four or five weeks ago since the last episode dropped. So, what's been going on with everyone since we last since we last spoke, Kurgle? How how are things with you? Oh, pretty good. I have kind of a personal change, and I also made a discovery too. So, I'll I'll address both of those real quickly. Okay, right, so a few weeks ago, I had an eye appointment because. Things were starting to get a little bit fuzzy. So um, I had Gizmo go with me because I thought, I'm going to have to pick out some frames. She's going to help me pick them out. And you know me, when I do something, I don't like to go halfway. I go all out. So I went from not needing any glasses at all straight to bifocals. Ah. (laughs) Goat scream. And I, I came out of my appointment and and I, I told Gizmo, I said, I need bifocals. And she just started laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> so so I need some advice. So I thought I would turn to, there's really only one boomer in the world that I know of. So <laughs> Dr. Conservative Prof. I am not a boomer. <laughs> I need some, some advice. I, I need to know how to embarrass Gizmo. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Um, just be a parent. Look up glasses styles from 1950s and wear those. Okay, so go real old. Real old. I do want to go on the record, though. I am a Gen Xer, so I just want that out there. Represent. Are you sure? A hundred percent. Missed it by about three years. So there. <laughs> my folks. My folks are boomers. They are early in the boomer years, but they are boomers. So I promise it's true. I'm not making any of this up. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I also want to go on the record as saying I am better than Kurgle because I have trifocals. So oh. there. Ha, ha, ha. That's one more. <laughs> That's one more than you, <laughs> whippersnapper. I was about to mock you, Prof, and say, do you have triple focal glasses or something? But you actually do. <laughs> well, true. you know what? You, you better watch out because I think Little Jedi is going to be getting quadruple lenses. Soon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so not only do I have trifocals, I have to wear a separate set of glasses just for being on my computer. So so there, whippersnapper. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I don't actually have them yet. They haven't come in yet. So hopefully next week I'll get them. But yeah, it'll it'll be weird. So next time we see you, you'll have glasses on. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I'm probably asking this to the wrong crowd, but what's fashionable with eyewear over there in the States? Because over here, all the young people are wearing massive spectacles like from the 1980s. What I'm wearing is trendy and stylish. My wife promises that it is. <laughs> trendy among the elderly. Might are very similar to, to what Crazes has on, just that little bit different color. Um, and I don't have the full frame. I just have the top frame. Yeah, I, I have like the thin black frame. But yeah, I, I think is the thicker the frames and the more they could double as like a cockpit windshield on an airplane, <laughs> then, you know, that's that's the way to go right now. Mm-hmm. Contacts are out. You know, gigantic windshield glasses are in. Well, the way the American airline industry is going, I think you'll need them when you're flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in yeah. case theirs falls off. Yeah, you can, exactly. Uh, slot it in there. Yeah. There's a headline in there somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So um, another thing, I 
I figured something out. I think I cracked the code of why women hit curbs. Ah. You know, Gizmo has been slowly learning to drive and Mr. Kurgle takes her out and it was one of the first times she drove on the highway. They came back and I said, oh, how did it go? And he said, well, she did really good. But there's just one thing that I don't like is that she drives on the white line just like you do. (laughs) 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 And so I told well, of course I drive towards the white line because there's cars coming in the other direction and you know, you naturally want to be as far away from them as possible. So I thought about it. And, you know, the, I think the reason why women hit curbs all the time is not because they're bad drivers, but because they are so skilled at avoiding other drivers. Yeah. And, and it doubles as you, you could run over the bicyclists, which no one likes the bicyclists. <laughs> so that's wow. Awesome. Biker hate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. <laughs> I have to warn you, there's a huge bicycle community here in Belgium. (laughs) (laughs) Kurgle, how often do you have to remember how to start the car? Is that something you have to like have written down so that you can follow the instruction manual or is it, is it in your memory now? Um, usually I do. Okay. As long as I don't hit the trunk button. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) So half the time you're driving down the road, the trunk flat wide open. Is that what it sounds like? Oh, no, that's with the, the remote start. Oh, with remote start. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> we beat women driving to a pulp there, so sorry. <laughs> so my oldest just got her license. Hmm. And when she took the test, they had her do the parallel parking. And there's these two big like cones. And then they said, if you hit the cone or you hit the curb, you automatically fail like the wow. entire test. Oh, no pressure. And we talked to a friend of ours that, uh, has lived in Spain and she was like, what? Everyone hits the curb and the other cars when they're parallel parking. Like how else do you know where they are? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I thought, Oh, this whole curb hitting thing is it's a regional thing. Like in other countries, it's expected that you're supposed to. Hit the curb. <laughs> I, I can't parallel park at all. When I took my driver's test, they didn't have me do that. So if, if I would have had to parallel park, I would have failed. They just saw you coming and yeah. were like, no, we're going to scrap that from the test. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can parallel park if there are no other cars on the block. You don't need to these days, right? If you, is it a Tesla that does it automatically for you? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would ever trust that. I don't even like to use cruise control. <laughs> uh, now who sounds like a beamer? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So... Kurgle, have you been driving without the ability to see? I just want to check on this here. Maybe, Maybe. this is. <laughs> hmm. Maybe this interesting. Maybe this is the reason women hit curbs. Then they don't want to admit they need glasses. Yeah. No, I already told you we hit curbs because we are such excellent drivers. Sure. If you say so. <laughs> Well, I don't know what it's like over there, but uh, I mean, my goodness, when did I take my test? 1998, probably. And um, I, I mean, we had, there were different instructors who would, who you would do the exam with. You have, in England, you would have to actually physically drive around in the instructor's vehicle and um, do a number of routine maneuvers, whatever. And while I was driving, for my exam, I actually saw somebody I knew and I, I, I just automatically waved and said hello. 
And I thought afterwards, I, I sh- I'm, I'm on an exam. I shouldn't do that. I should have both hands on the wheel. And, you know, but I, I passed straight first time. But so, and I didn't hit a curb. So <laughs> I was safe. But you're driving on the wrong side of the road. So I, I don't know how that works. Did you for that? I was, and now I'm driving on the right-hand side of the road. <laughs> but when uh, when Prof took his test, I think it was probably with the, the Flintstone vehicles, right? Wow. <laughs> we are just hating on my age today. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> my parents learned to drive that way, not me. So just make that <laughs> distinction there. So I probably would have learned to drive, not probably for sure, so where I live, you can actually get a license at 14, wow. which is unusual. Um, but in my state, that is allowed. And so I did. And so that would have been 1981 that I would have learned to drive. Wow. Hmm. Giving your age away now. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm not a boomer. <laughs> what do you guys define as the cutoff for being Gen X? I'm going to Google it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh- the Star Wars years. If you were born during or before Star Wars, you're a Gen Xer. So I I was born right when right right between the first and second Star Wars movie, the original ones. So I actually say I'm Generation X Wing because that sounds cool. Oh, that's, I like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like, like that, that better too. Yeah. Yeah, but there they, are, the other term I've heard is Zennial, so Millennial and Gen X together. And there's actually a great Facebook group for Zennials that it's hmm. fantastic. Hmm. So the first Star Wars came out in 77. That's, I was born in 80. So Because I hear the cutoff date for Gen X is 80. Is I just right? looked it up on Wikipedia, which we know is always correct. And um, it says 65 to 80. That's what it says. So I'm kind of borderline. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was born in 78. Okay. So you are, all, well, yeah, we're all Gen Xers then, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm an old Gen Xer <laughs> though, so... Yeah. Not like these young whippersnappers, eh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that's um pretty much everything I've been doing. Yeah. At least that I'll share. So um Dr. Conservative Prof, uh, what have you been up to? All kinds of cool stuff. No, not really. I'm, my life's pretty boring. <laughs> um did a um a trip over Christmas break. We saw the Ark Encounter and the Creation oh, Museum. Cool. Oh, how, how did you like it? Too. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And we went during Christmas on purpose, at least that week between Christmas and New Year's. And uh they, they do Christmas really well, the the lights and everything like that, but very faith affirming. Um mm-hmm. just really, really well done both places. Um a lot of people, that's for sure, but um, a lot of fun and really, really enjoyed it. It was a solid two days of uh, a lot of walking and reading and all that kind of stuff, but really, really enjoyed it, and it's very well done. Quick question for you, Prof. So you were, you were there for two days. Mm-hmm. Was that two literal days or two periods? <laughs> two, two literal days. If you ask Ken Ham, the, the earth was created in six literal days, and the seventh day was the day of rest. If you go to the Creation Museum, you will find that information. I would like to go. I, I'm uh, I'm very jealous. Yes. Yeah, it's really cool. So I, I have a question. When we went, it was when it first opened. Ah. Um, so they didn't even have all the grass planted. And, and they had a little bit of the petting zoo and they had the, the cafeteria and, of course, the ark itself. What all do they have now? Um, the petting zoo is there for sure. We didn't really deal with that it was you know it's december it was still it was okay weather but that wasn't a big deal for us 
Um, but they did um, a lot of programming. So there was this really big building when they, you have to, when you park, they have to bus you to it because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's pretty far apart. So they drop you off at a really big building that is, of course, the obligatory bookstore, museum, um, you know, gift shop, but it also has a huge conference center. And so if you've watched the video, the podcast where Kyle Bannon and the guys were there with Ken Ham, mm-hmm. and Kyle spoke in that same big area right there, it's huge. But because it was Christmas time, um, they did a number of programs around Christmas. So they had something going on, on in there, um, a few different um, talks, speakers, and so on. But at night, they did a Christmas show, so like an hour-long Christmas show. And they've got their own in-house uh, quartet, essentially, a, a Christian band. And they were really, really good. They actually do a live-action play. They do it like nightly uh, during the Christmas season, and that was really, really well done. Um, and again, very faith-affirming. And then um, they also have, um, in the same building, there's some other things going on too. So, And in my mind, I'm kind of going to confuse things with the Creation Museum, but they do the same thing at the Creation Museum. They've got a theater. Um, it's kind of like a 4D theater. And they've got another cool. area for programming there. So we did both. We did uh, stuff at both places. And we went twice. Like For both of them, we went during the day, then we went again at night because at night is really when the Christmas lights do it justice. And in December, it's dark by, you know, five o'clock, five thirty. So, um, so did we kind of did a lot of some stuff at both places, um, twice essentially. So we gave them both a lot of time because of that. But it was a lot of fun. I really would um, recommend anybody to go. And if you had to choose one before the other, I would p- probably go to the Creation Museum first if that worked out. And then go to the ark on the next day, um, but that's that's what we did. But that's just the way it worked for us traveling. How to get there? They're 45 minutes apart, and the Creation Museum was that much closer to us. That was the first one we went to, just by just by chance. Yeah, I, I would say go to the museum first too. Uh, and I, I have a fun story. We went to the museum twice. The first time it was a few years before the ark opened, and we went there and we were buying our tickets and stuff. And and the lady at the counter said was just telling us what was going on that day. And she said, yeah, and then, and, and Ken will be speaking or whatever time it was. It just so happened the day that we were there, Ken Ham was there giving a speech. So we got to sit nice. in on a speech and then he had a book signing afterwards. So we got to talk oh, to him awesome. and meet him. It was really cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, we went there two years ago and we stayed two nights so that we could spend two full days there. Although we actually got in kind of midday. So we, we were rushing through the creation museum, but the arc, we spent a whole day there and it really does take a whole day. It's humongous. And yeah. there's so much to look at and read. There's probably more than like you said, Kurgle, than when you were there. My favorite thing was they had this exhibit that was like the hundreds or so world myths of a global flood. Yeah. I remember that one. And, and that was combined with, I was hearing all these different languages around me. There were, there were people from all over the world that were there. I thought, well, that's really cool that they get to then see, oh, this is a myth that I grew up hearing about. And you're saying this is real? Like, what? I, I didn't expect that. And then if you go next door to that, you can pay a little extra and ride a velociraptor. And that was <laughs> my Well, I was going to mention the best part, you could swim with the baby velociraptors. So they have that. Now. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. They nibble on They you. are so cute. Their, their teeth are not sharp yet. So they, they kind of gnaw on your hand a little bit, but it, it, they don't break any skin. So it's, it's safe. 
Wouldn't wouldn't that be so cool if you could kind of do a a combination of the Ark Encounter and Jurassic Park? So yeah. you so you you could create all the the dinosaurs. So when you go through the the Ark, you can go to the petting zoo and see oh, yeah. the dinosaurs. That'd be, really that'd, be cool. that'd be cool. With feathers or without? <laughs> without 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 that'd be Ken's Ken's take would be without they were created they did not evolve from birds. I noticed That's in the last, what Ken would say. I noticed in the last Jurassic Park they included some uh, CG dinosaurs with feathers. Yeah, I noticed that too. So all three of you have been to the Creation Museum. So uh, I, I guess you're all far right extremists now. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, I got the FBI agent right next to me, mm-hmm. uh, watching every every move I make. Ideally, um, the FBI will now go to check it out and get converted. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. And I have to be careful because I actually saw a glurk wandering around the house the other day with a pair of aviator sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, boy. As a, as a side note, I love those AI art things that are popping up all over the headline forum. Is it Alola Raichi that always, is always posting? Yeah, he, he, he does most of them. Hilarious. I've got one more big piece of news. Oh, okay. So we've had some unusually nice weather where I live. It's been sunny and 40s and 50s. Uh, with where I live in January, that would be not the norm. It'd be maybe a little 10 to 20 degrees colder. And um, there's one reason for it is because I bought myself a brand new snowblower. So that guaranteed that we would have nice weather and no more snow. So um, anybody in the Midwest, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it because the temperature has really warmed up here since you bought that. So yep. very And nice. I noticed Thank that you. you have your backyard to a beach now because of that. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. So so nice. Yeah. The surf gets a little loud, but I was gonna say it looks almost like Hawaii, but you know, hey, whatever works, works, right? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I might just go and run my snowblower and just move it around the neighborhood, even there's no snow, just because I can, just because I want to. You should use it next year as a preventive measure, probably about, oh, say September, early October, just once a week, go walk around the block with your snowblower, make sure the winter never comes. Yeah, Exactly. Scream at the sky. Try it, winter. Just try it. <laughs> I'm ready for you. Ha, 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 ha. I'm really jealous of your winters, though. I, man, you you get you guys get so much snow over there. I mean, we we had this tiny little sprinkling of snow. My my boy was actually off off school that day, and he went into our garden and made himself a tiny snowman, but a snowman nonetheless. And yeah, by the end of the day, all the snow had gone. But I mean, you guys get uh, what? How many feet? So far this year, we've had two. Big snows, like seven to eight inches. Wow. A couple of smaller ones. Uh, last year, I had drifted snow in my backyard um, that was more than 36 inches because I measured it with the yardstick and the yardstick went all the way down. So not that bad this year, but um, yeah. How about you, school crazes? Do you get snow where you are? Um, when we get snow here, the entire state shuts down. So we had that <laughs> infamous uh, snow apocalypse about three years ago, which nearly took our entire electrical grid offline. Uh, last year, we had a big ice storm that, like in where the city where I live in, about sixty percent of the power got knocked out from ice. We we don't have any kind of equipment to deal with ice and snow, so it 
people pre-panic by emptying out the uh, the grocery stores of all food. And uh, you know that that come and take it flag, which, which uh, I, I can get into in a minute with some Texas news. But it, it's like, imagine instead of the cannon, it's like snowflakes and it's like, come and take it, please. Like we, we don't want winter here. Like <laughs> winter scares us. <laughs> Anything below 50 degrees is unnatural and from the devil. Uh, so we, we bear We, we pray over our pipes, you know, please God, don't let these pipes burst because, uh, man, it's, it's painful when it gets cold here. So Tish, how have things been going for you lately? Yeah, really good. We had a really nice relaxing Christmas and uh, new year. We went away together with my in-laws and my sister-in-law and one of her children. And, uh, it was really nice and, um, pretty low key new year, really nothing too exciting. And then uh, same as last year, it was diving into the books and studying for my exams, which I finished last week. And I had the results in today and I passed everything. Yay. Woo. Yay, you did. Awesome. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah. So I am one year closer to being qualified. So I have uh, this time, all being well, this time next year, I'll have finished all my exams. And then I'll just have a, what we call a bachelor dissertation to write. And I'll have some more teaching practice to undertake over a two-month period and then that'll be my uh that'll be me fully fully finished and qualified then i can start working cool excellent yeah w- one year is not going to be very long no hopefully hopefully it won't be hopefully it won't take that long because uh, if i'm honest yeah it, it's kind of a bit financially difficult these last few months <laughs> we got yeah we've got three kids and there's all sorts of there's always something to spend money on whether it's clothes or dental bills or whatever um Food. Uh, well, food aside, I mean, <laughs> food here, man. We we took part. Uh, maybe this is an interesting side note. We we decided to take part in a uh, some sort of a questionnaire the government were doing, and they were offering money in exchange for you sharing what you buy within a two week period for the first two weeks of January. So, anything you buy, food, something from Amazon, you write it down on a list, you, you send it to them, and then. You get like a hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, so we were like, "Yeah, we need the money, so we'll we'll exchange our private information for some cash." We got no problem with that. Um, so we, uh, I, I was filling out there this web form with with what we were spending on food, and it's just I know, and it's the same over there, I think, but it's just insane how expensive everything's getting. I mean, my wife and I reckon we probably spend almost uh, well, probably the equivalent in dollars of a thousand dollars a month on food at the moment. It's just. It's ridiculous. I don't know what it's like over there, um, but we've we've really noticed uh, a tightening of the belts. Um, but okay, um, God is faithful, so we continue. And um, I'm just looking forward to when I can actually go out, get a job, <laughs> and uh, earn a bit more money. But trying trying out a couple of si- things on the side as well, uh, which I haven't quite got there yet. But um, looking at finding some extra ways of bringing in some additional income while I'm still studying. Uh, but um, yeah, apart from that, just looking forward to my next round of teaching, which will be later this month uh, for a couple of weeks uh, in a local school here. And uh, then it's back to lessons until April when I have some more teaching experience to to go and do and then exams in June. And then it's the start of our summer vacation here in uh, in July and August. Tell me again what you teach. Well, when I'm qualified, I will be an English and ICT teacher. So 
I think English is self-explanatory. Ice, ice tea teacher? How do you teach ice tea? ICT. Information. <laughs> I know. I'm just, being, I'm just being that guy. <laughs> that's, that's boomer humor. <laughs> exactly. So what is ICT, Tish? <laughs> well, over here, it's, it involves teaching Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, uh, also very basics. Yes. But don't, don't we have Clippy to teach people? And <laughs> what do we need humans for? Isn't that well, why YouTube was invented to teach stuff like that? Yeah, but it's all about activating and engaging the pupils and getting them excited about uh, the subject at hand. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots to teach around all those things. And then <laughs> <laughs> it's just this large cat face of the camera. <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, and then a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned June. And so my mind just started daydreaming of warm weather. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I can't complain. We've, we've had some nice cold. I, it, for me, when it's winter, it needs to be cold. It's, over here, it's typically, I'm trying to convert it into Fahrenheit, but it's probably mild, and, but just gray and rainy and not cold and not warm, just murky and in between. And that's, that's miserable. So when it's nice and cold, I don't mind that. Or when it's nice and hot as well. But the, I don't know what, the, what it's like over there with you guys, but I know certainly the British, we, we complain when it's cold. And then we complain when it's hot. <laughs> I complain plenty when it's cold, but I I don't complain when it's hot. <laughs> yeah, but women are never hot though, are they? They're always cold. So <laughs> Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> so there we are. So apart from you know, that's kind of my updates really. Um so nothing too exciting, uh, but working towards something exciting. Okay, so Mr. Skullcrazes, it's great having you on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and taking the time out of your really hectic and busy schedule. And uh, I think, like all of us, you're a parent and you work and you have a busy life. And um, yeah, just wanted to get to know you a little bit more. I mean, we see your headlines, as with everyone on the headline forum, we, we get to know each other in a, in a limited way. And I, I guess we, we do kind of get a, a glimpse into the, the real personal part of an individual's life when we're reading their innermost satirical thoughts and, and headlines over the course of many months and even years. And I know you've been on the headline forum, I think, since uh, 2020 in July, if I'm seeing that correctly in your profile here. Yep. And, uh, you know, since you've joined, we've, we've got a lot to, to thank you for, including the inventor of the Bacontron 3000. Bacon! Gotta get that bacon! I say, is that bacon? <laughs> <laughs> You're also Gerald Hemsworth agent, and I love all the interaction that you do on the on the with the forum and some of the hilarious things you come up with, and and, and you're also much more of a podcast expert than than we are, of course. I should mention that you have your own podcast called Fantastical Truth, which is also available on over on Not the Bee, and uh, you guys have got some really fascinating and interesting topics. I saw you did one; I think it was around Christmas, um, around Lewis and Tolkien. And you, you cover all sorts of interesting topics from from sci-fi and mythology and um, and, and all that sort of and theology as well. So fill in my ramblings. Introduce yourself. Let us know uh, how you got to the B. Anything you really want to to talk about? The the microphone is yours, sir. Yeah. Well, thanks for exporting Lewis and Tolkien. That's probably two of the best things to come out of the UK. You know. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, the first thing to know about me is I am a native Texan. I'm a fifth-generation 
Texan. So I am currently living at the Alamo, uh, surrounded by razor wire, about to make my last stand uh, against the federal government and the invasion from all over the world happening right now. Wow. I'm waiting my whole life, but darn it. Unfortunately, I lost all of my guns in a tragic boating accident. So oh, man, I was going to ask you how just, many you had. Oh. I'll have to just go buy some more at the yes, gas station well. down the street. So, because yep. <laughs> you can buy them everywhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I became a member uh, four years ago. It's It's uh, been a fun time, but I will say uh, about two years ago, for some reason, I stopped being very active on the forum for a while. And I uh, actually was, was driving back from the Ark Encounter. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any new Babylon B things going on. Because I figured they had done a joke about the Ark Encounter. And that's about the time you guys started We the People. Mm-hmm. And I really got into it. I'm like, oh, wow, how fun to hear the voices of the other subscribers. Because that was the first time to, uh, you know, to really get to hear people. And it was that same feeling of when the Babylon Bee originally had a podcast going back to 2019. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, these are the people that do the Babylon Bee jokes. I, I didn't even know it was more than one person. I thought it was just a guy. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was so cool to hear all the thinking that went into it, the perspectives. And so you guys really brought me back to the forum to become an active member. I, w- I was not active for a while. Um, so that was... Like a lot of people, I joined in 2020 with this great idea for a joke about a side hug. Uh, Dr. Fauci being horrified at people side hugging, uh, <laughs> and I thought, oh, they'll 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 publish this instantly, and uh, that didn't happen. And so I I think after about a year of that, I'm like, why why am I doing this? And uh, but the like we all go through that phase, right? But the um, I, I really appreciate all you guys have done. We the people and it helps getting to know everyone, make it a community. You're very welcome. We'll pay you later. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I pay you in razor wire? Is, there is you go. Okay? Uh, we we will we'll take all that you can give. I'm us. willing to do that. So okay, gotcha. <laughs> we got a long border. You know, Texas is the biggest state in the country, so we we have to cover the whole place with the razor wire. So without giving away your exact location, are you comfortable? saying approximately how close you are to the border or have you got a front front row seats to the action or are you several miles behind? I'm not on the Mexico border, but I am on the border of Texas and a very blue liberal city. So, you know, I, I'm in the real uh-huh. Texas uh-huh. and uh, we, we consider many of the cities here to, to not be Texas, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. uh, basically Portland or uh, LA transplants. And so I live just outside one of those cities in, in the middle of the, the, the state. And a uh, fun fact, it takes an entire day to drive from where I live to anywhere else outside of Texas. So wow, that'll, that'll so, keep you busy. What is the craziest thing that you've seen? You know, just day-to-day stuff. You, you actually see people riding horses, believe it or not, uh, sometimes right next to the road. Uh, so, you know, most people drive Teslas because, again... California has kind of moved here to Texas. Well, you're not um, terribly far from a Tesla factory either. Yes. Yeah, that is that is right here. So uh, I have not seen Elon Musk or the Cybertruck, but I have seen a DeLorean uh, because oh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. Ernest Klein, the uh, writer of Ready Player One, uh, lives pretty close to where I am. And I have seen him driving around that DeLorean, but I, oh, fantastic. I guess it was below 88 miles per hour. 
Uh, (laughs) I've seen one before too. There was um, in our local parades, there was someone who had one and for for two or three years, they drove the DeLorean through the parade. It's really cool. That is, if if I ever become rich and eccentric, that is one car I would like to have sitting and parked in a nice garage somewhere. I I love that vehicle. Yeah, that's that's on the top of my list. Yeah, except I put mine in a carport. Just just imagine, uh, Kirkle, how many curbs you could hit with a with a DeLorean. Ooh. And if she was if she was driving in Texas, it'd be how many horses can you hit? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I could hit the greatest curbs in history. <laughs> yeah, well, I I have to say I do not drive a truck, so I'm sorry to disappoint the uh, the people who stereotype us Texans that way. Uh, I don't drive a Tesla. I, I drive a, a sensible SUV. Uh, so sorry, I can't help you guys move uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, Joel, Joel Osteen is here in Texas. God bless him. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope someone puts razor wire around uh, Lakewood Church. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it's interesting. We, we actually lived uh, very close to his church at one point. And there's kind of the people that go there. And then there's everyone else who feels like they have to qualify that they don't go there. And so anytime our pastor would say anything about money or blessings, it's like, there's always these, uh, you know, clarifications like, now I'm not saying you should give, you should tithe so that you'll get blessed. Like, I'm not saying that you should, God always blesses us in material ways, you know? Um, but fun fact, I actually really enjoyed Joel Osteen when I was a very young Christian in college, and I just randomly found him on television. I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's really, really exciting and really, uh, really down to earth and, uh, uh, you know, very inspirational. And that's, and he's kind of in that same place, you know, 25 years later is not a lot of Bible teaching, I guess, but, but he does have a lot of money and shiny teeth. And that's, uh, you know, that's important. With the whole Joel Osteen thing, I mean, I, I, I don't follow him. I, I've seen clips, uh, and obviously I've seen a plethora of B headlines and dogpiling on this, on this man. Um, so have you ever been to his church? or? Uh, not exactly. So funny thing about his church, it used to be the Houston Rockets basketball arena, mm-hmm. and then they decided they wanted a bigger one, and then Joel Osteen wanted a bigger church, and so they kind of you know made the swap and... Well, the Rockets built a bigger center. And then the Astros, who uh, used to have the Astrodome, said, oh, we want a bigger baseball stadium. So they made Minute Maid Park. And now the Astrodome is is something. We don't really know what it's for. Um, it's it's had the Houston Rodeo and other things. But that's following a very familiar trend in Texas, which is just bigger is better. Let's just, let's just build a bigger thing. And uh, we'll figure out what to do with the other thing later. So we have, uh, we have you know, Football stadiums for high schools that are bigger than I think some NFL teams wow. uh, stadiums. So it's it's pretty football is pretty crazy. It's it's the you know official religion of Texas, hmm. uh, just the South in general. Um, what else? Uh, you know, in Central Texas, it 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 pollens at this time of year. So we we get a ton of cedar pollen. It's like a I mean, it's like a neutron bomb that goes off. It's it's crazy. It's like a or like a dirty bomb. It's just the air is green when that happens. So I don't recommend moving here during cedar or other allergy seasons, which unfortunately is all of them. 
we we have some crazy stuff here though. It's um it is like a whole so we we have a joke that Texas is like a whole nother country. And then you come to some of the cities here and it's like it's like a whole nother part of Texas that hmm. is this really in the same state as everywhere else? So Skull Crazes, just while you were talking, I pulled up a few uh, little facts about Texas here. Can you tell me if any of these are true? So it says here, you know you're in Texas when the best parking place is determined by shade instead of distance. Oh, that is absolutely true. Yep. We, uh, in fact, I have a picture that represents this. My wife and I went to a restaurant uh, last summer and no one was parked near the restaurant. Everyone was parked on the <laughs> very edge where all the trees were. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the exact opposite here in Europe. Everyone's so lazy. They just park as close to the entrance as they can. And if you, if you try and park near the entrance, there's nowhere to park. But if you're willing to walk 30 seconds a minute, so much space available. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's another one here? You know you're in Texas when the birds have to use potholders to pull worms out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is very true. Oh. And there may be one more. You know you're in Texas when the temperature drops below 95 and you feel a little chilly. Ooh, got to put the sweater on in that case. Yep. <laughs> Sounds like the ideal place for, for women to live, I guess, if they're always cold. Yeah, I, I, I've been to Texas. It's nice. We're not pulling any punches on the episode, are we? We're, we're hitting on boomers and women. <laughs> what other group can we offend? <laughs> we'll find more, I promise. <laughs> where there's a will there's a way yes yeah so uh skull crazes it's yeah an interesting username could could you tell us how you arrived at that are you uh a shakespeare fan or is there another backstory there <laughs> what's, what's going on with that yeah it's funny i i'm actually not a big fan of skulls uh you know for halloween there's all there's these giant 20 foot skeletons now in everyone's yard and they're still up even for uh, New Year's and pretty soon Valentine's Day, but uh, not not the biggest fan of those. But the name comes from uh, an anagram of my actual name that uh, when I was growing up, my my best friend from childhood figured out just randomly and yeah. actually figured out a couple variations of my name. So if, if you want to go to an anagram website and plug in skull crazes, you can, you can figure out my actual name. So it's not not too cleverly hidden, but uh, I thought that was always fun. So that became like my gamer tag. So whenever I join, you know, online games or whatever, I thought that was just kind of a fun, you know, because you're usually going for like the headshot or something in a in an online game. And uh, yeah, I have the stormtrooper. Uh, as so originally, what that was as my avatar was, I I saw this uh, uh, picture of a stormtrooper where they like took part of the, like they photoshopped part of the face and put it upside down and said, if you look upside down at stormtroopers, they're smiling. And I thought, <laughs> Oh, that's kind of funny. And so that, that fit with, you know, the Babylon B like making jokes all day. And then I've just, I've kept going with that. I've kept, you know, I've tried to make a seasonal stormtrooper, like holding a Christmas gift or cutting the, the Turkey. Although I guess you'd, you'd probably miss the Turkey and like cut, cut the table or something else. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not too, uh, don't have good aim. <laughs> yeah, all of your uh, stormtrooper pictures—they've been pretty cool. Yeah, well, I, I spend a lot of time uh, typing in prompts and, and AI <laughs> image generator. <laughs> I wish I could say I could actually Photoshop those things, but no, it's it's fun getting to play with those tools. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the AI, for, for those of us who have no photos, uh, Photoshop skills, AI gives us a, a way to have fun with the pictures too. Totally. Yeah. Prof, prof used his first Photoshop, albeit from Kurgle, in a recent headline, correct. I think. Yes, that is and correct. You, I did you figured, not do it. You figured out now how to put the pictures into your headlines. Yes. Baby, yes. baby steps. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but and if it, somebody asks me how to do it, I'm just going to say, ask somebody else. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I've been aware of AI art for some time, and uh, it's fascinated me. And it was actually thanks to Kurgel, who woman explained how to do it. <laughs> oh. Because well, the only ones I could find you had to pay for, and uh, I think it was Bing, which was uh, which is free. <laughs> so it's been really useful actually, and I've, I've even occasionally combined some AI art with a, a very minor Photoshop, adding something extra to it, or even if it's just cropping the image so it's a bit more um, headline forum friendly. But it, it's amazing sometimes what you can get away with if you use the right prompt, and uh, something which you know AI probably. Or ChatGPT wouldn't want to generate if it really knew what you were using it for. But uh, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're clever in the way you word the prompt, you can get some pretty hilarious results. So, uh, if like um, furry mannequins, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> yeah, it, that that picture turned out pretty well. It yeah, did. It, I was surprised. Yeah, I, I think the prompt was. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you. What was the prompt? Uh, yeah, I simply I simply did a prompt of a row of animal mannequins in Target, so it came out well. I thought, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I originally had I had this idea because we I was driving today a little bit of a random side story, but I was driving to my 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 son's school, and you you go through some country farm field some fields farmland, and for whatever reason a farmer had put a mannequin in the middle of his field with a woman's dress on. So this thing caught my eye. It was rather amusing. And that just got me thinking of a, of a headline idea for, wouldn't it be funny if there was some sort of a transgender mannequin? And um, so I, I got home and I thought, I'm going to try and do a Photoshop or figure out if I can make this, make this funny. Uh, and I, I, lo and behold, transgender mannequins are actually a thing. So I thought, I can't pitch a satirical headline when it actually exists in real life. So I was just thinking about, okay. What, what else can we do with mannequins? And then I had the idea of furries. So we'll see, we'll see if that goes anywhere. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I, I could see that actually being a thing in a few years. Yeah. I, I have to say the other thing I thought of before I got to furries was uh, body positive mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> but they exist as well, can you believe? <laughs> they do. Really? Yeah. So there's a lot out there already. It's a crazy world we live in. So I think you might be right, Kogel. Anyway, let's get back to school crazes. Sorry, we are stealing the spotlight from you. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more about your, your or I'd like to hear about your podcast uh, because um, you've been doing that now for a, a few years. So just uh, somebody who's never heard of Fantastical Truth, what, what is it you guys do? What sort of subjects are you t touching on? Uh, is it always the same people you have on? And uh, why should people uh, why should people go and check you out? Sell yourself. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And so I've been doing Fantastical Truth as the co-host and the uh, audio producer for about four years now. So we're closing in on two hundred episodes. Congratulations! Um, thank you. Yeah, we, we got started uh, 
just before all the you know, COVID lockdowns and everything. And, but that actually opened up the possibility of interviewing people remotely. Uh, that, that made it a lot easier to do that because everyone already had Zoom and whatnot. But what we are trying to do is interview authors uh, who are Christian, who identify as Christian, uh, who are writing science fiction and fantasy. So going back to Lewis and Tolkien is kind of the sort of the godfathers of uh, Christian fantasy and science fiction. Mm-hmm. We want to find authors today who are writing these kind of fantastical stories and trying to impart truth to them. So that might be thematic truth, like light conquering darkness. Um, it might be more specific things like God's grace or atonement, uh, or it might be specific Christian messages, like it could have Christian characters. Um, it could have Bible verses. Um, the whole spectrum, basically. It, some people write for a very wide audience. Some people write for a very, you know, specifically Christian audience. Mm. But I, I found this group originally about, um, gosh, about seven years ago, and it was this article I found from Lorehaven, which is the, the the bigger group that's kind of producing the podcast. It basically led me to people that really liked the Left Behind series. Um, you know, maybe having moved past it a little bit, or maybe having different eschatology or whatever now, but it's people that loved the imaginative aspect of the left behind series, which is, you know, if you're, if you're not familiar, it, it's a series of uh, about 12 books or so. It's like, what, ha- what would happen if the rapture happened today? And, mm. you know, all Christians got raptured off the earth and then the literal seven year tribulation period happens and the antichrist rises to power. And I read that, uh, right after college as a, as a young believer. And it was fascinating just to think about, oh, wow, like this is going to happen, like in some form, like the, the Bible is still, you know, predicted the future and we're going to get, we might get to see it in our lifetime. So what could that look like? And, uh, and then these were also people at, at Lorehaven who loved, um, you know, uh, fantasy series. Now, a lot, a lot of people have debated like Harry Potter, right? Should we watch Harry Potter or not? And, you know, again, we're, we're trying to find Christians who are writing fantasy. Um, a lot of sci-fi, you know, we, we think of sci-fi as being, uh, having an atheist bent or an evolutionist bent or very secular kind of worldview. Like, well, what could a Christian worldview look like when you're having a story about technology changing society or traveling into space? Like, you know, are, are we going to have churches in space? Are we going to have missionaries going to a moon colony or, or a Mars colony, you know? So the, the, the whole idea is to explore what the future could look like, but also what these kind of impossible worlds could look like. And then how can these stories reflect biblical truth? That's really cool. And I, I mean, personally, I've been really grappling over the last few years with the fact that so many things can bring glory to God, not just what we think of of as spiritual and I've just recently finished the entire Narnia series with my boy. And obviously Lewis was a believer and very solid theologian, but just through fantasy, the way he was able to communicate truth, it was just fantastic. And, uh, you know, we know some Christians who unfortunately feel that certain fantasy and mythology shouldn't be something we engage with, but I, I think you're really missing out on the create, the God-given creativity to explore yeah just god-given truths in a in a different way uh and i was discussing this with somebody on the uh 
over on Not The Bee in uh, there's a group there for uh, Lewis fans. And uh, one of the things that uh, we, we were talking about was the very last book, The Final Battle from, from C.S. Lewis in the Chronicle, Chronicles of Narnia. And just the beautiful way that he describes the children and the, char- the main characters coming in essentially to what we would call heaven. And uh, it, it's written in such an imaginative and, and an impactful way. And I think uh, we can use all of these things uh, that, uh, yeah, like you say, just to communicate some really important things uh, and also in, in cult- terms of culture as well. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good what you guys are doing. And um, have you had like a quite famous people on your podcast? Yeah, we've had about um, 70 different guests. Um, so about 45, 50 are um, authors. Yeah. Uh, some that uh, you know your listeners might know, like Andrew Peterson, who wrote the Wing Feather Saga. Uh, we mm-hmm. had him on recently. Um, nice. Phil, La- uh, Phil Lawler, who is uh, basically the co-creator of Adventures in Odyssey, the audio mm-hmm. drama series for kids that put out by Focus on the Family. Fantastic series, by the way. They've released a thousand episodes now and they're still going after 40 years. Um, wow. My kids love that program. There's an, there's an app you can get. Um, and then just a, uh, um, prof, I wonder if you know this person, Kathy Tyre, she was one of our first guests. She wrote several star Wars novels that came out mm-hmm. after the original series. Um, you know, back when star Wars was good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Before yeah. the talk times. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've had some other people that, uh, folks might know from just kind of more, uh, cultural engagement, uh, um, circles like, um, Bethel McGrew, uh, Megan Basham, uh, from, uh, the Daily Wire, uh, Frank Fleming, who used to be a writer yeah. for Babylon yeah. B and now he's, he's with the Daily Wire doing the uh, kids program. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can go to lorehaven.com and look at our podcast and look at our guests. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, besides fiction, we talk about just pop culture in general. We talk about kind of the intersection of theology and storytelling. And, you know, our, our thesis is that storytelling and even fantastical stories is, is God's idea. It's, it's not just, you know, Lewis and Tolkien's idea. It's, yeah. it's this is in the, the framework for storytelling is in the Bible itself. And in fact, right now my family, we're reading Judges. Uh, there's a parable that one person tells another about these trees appointing a king. And it's like, oh, wow, the trees are talking. It's like the Ents in Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, and then you, you look at the imaginative, the the visionary. I mean, obviously the true like visions and dreams people have, but very weird kind of visions and dreams people have. And that was God's idea to give people these very stark images to convey something. Or just, you know, contemporary stories, like all the parables Jesus told. And the interesting thing, too, is when when you look at why Jesus told parables, it was sort of to um, filter people in a sense of, like, who's actually curious to know more about the kingdom? And and people would walk away like, what was that about? I don't know. Hmm. But then the disciples would say, well, help us understand that. And then Jesus even said, look, this is to... Uh, it's to hide the truth at times from people that whose hearts are hard, but it's to, you know, for the people that want to seek it out, they'll, they'll find it. Um, so storytelling is a very powerful way that God communicates to us. And um, I, I think it's the way that we can most 
uh, effectively convey truth that is memorable because you, you mm. can remember books that you read as a kid, you know, you can remember commercials that you saw on TV. You know, you, you can remember these little stories much easier than like a 14 point sermon that you heard, you know, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the weird thing about how we're wired. And, um, yeah, we, we want to find stories that point people to, to God, uh, through his word. Like we, yeah, it's also very easy for people to use stories to convey false ideas. Right. And, and to, uh, to help bad philosophy kind of have skin and bones to walk around. We, we want to find stories that portray biblical, timeless truth. Hmm. Yeah, you, you brought up some really good points there. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I always wish that there was more of would be uh, Christian sci-fi because mm-hmm. I love science fiction. You know, I love all the the big budget blockbuster movies. But if you could mix those and have Christian themes and messages in there, that would be so, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I mean, if you read some of the amazing, I mean, particularly Revelation. Why don't we study that more in churches? Like you were saying, skull crazes. It's just such a epic. I mean, it's it's obviously real history, depending on how you interpret the Bible. Um, but I I certainly believe that's that's part of our future. But it sometimes I'm reading this and I'm like, man, just imagine if Hollywood were to put the best computer graphics behind visualizing some of these awesome scenes and and trying to and if it's not too heretical, trying to visualize what heaven might be like or some of these, even things that happened in the Old Testament when Elijah called down fire from heaven and things like that, you know, it's, uh, it's really exciting to think about. So I don't know if we'd, we'd ever get there, but uh, it reminds me of some really, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of Wendy Alec, who used to be involved in, uh, in Europe. There was a, a Christian channel for a number of years called God TV. Uh, I think it may still be going. And um, she brought out a series of books, um, fantasy books based on the Bible. Uh, talking about the fall of, of Satan and uh, exploring what it might be like in heaven before he fell, what caused him to fall, and linking it to the story of Genesis 1. And it was, uh, it was fascinating. It was mm. a really, really good story, really good storytelling. And you're just reading this, you can really, certainly for me, I could really visualize that as a movie. I'm like, oh, it's so cool if these things were made. But who knows? Maybe we'll just have to put up with increasingly worse Marvel movies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> So I mentioned that I got involved with the B about four years ago, and I had been a fan of the B since like day one when it came out. Uh, you know, when all the jokes were about skinny jeans, and there was no jokes about politics. <laughs> and it was just church jokes about fog machines. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, that's the stereotype, right? But no, but uh, I, I immediately fell in love with it. I mean, I grew up on The Simpsons, uh, <laughs> The Far Side, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, and just tons of comedy uh, and satire specifically. So I loved it immediately, but I, um, I became a subscriber when they told some joke about Chick-fil-A that everyone said was, oh, that's, that's racist. You can't say that. And what the joke was actually making fun of was the founder of Chick-fil-A who had done this uh, kind of publicity stunt of like shining the shoes of uh, Lecrae. And it was just such a I, I mean, it was well-meaning, but it was kind of cringe and like Lecrae was really uncomfortable with it and uh, made some joke about it. And then the B made a joke about it, but they were, they were making fun of uh, was it Dan Cathy or something. So, and, and I'm like, man, they're really, 
they're they're poking fun at Chick Fil A, which all Christians love, and and Lecrae, which a lot of Christians love, and you know, like they are not afraid to like make fun of anyone, and that I I couldn't believe it. But um, a lot of people misunderstood the joke and uh, you know, kind of assumed the worst about the bee. And I I'd been following the bee from the beginning. I'm like, you guys are not getting it. Like th- this is not some horrible racist joke or something. You're yeah. You're not seeing what they're making fun of, and that, by the way, that happened recently with the Vivek joke about yeah, I was just going to say eleven, yeah. yeah, same exact thing. It's like you're you're completely missing the point, and I love how Kyle Mann will just repeat the joke verbatim uh, and not explain it. That's the joke is blah, right, blah, blah, blah. yeah, it's fantastic. Yep. So I'm not going to try to explain it either, but but uh, I, you know, some people that I looked up to. We're like, I'm blocking the Babylon Bee from now on. Don't send me their jokes and I'll unfriend you if you laugh at them. And I'm like, what a bunch of, uh, you know, what a bunch of hall monitors that are yeah, uh, party poopers, you know? So I was like, that's it. I'm becoming a subscriber now just <laughs> because you told me I shouldn't laugh at this. <laughs> um, and then, you know, 2020 happened. That was a pretty pretty terrible year for uh for us for a lot of people um i think i had the original covid in like january of that year so i was actually pretty worried for a while like i don't want to get this again uh but then the the isolation the lockdowns that was so much worse um Mm. and that was that was a pretty dark time and that's also why i joined the beaks i'm like okay i can either feel sorry for myself or be upset about things or be worried or i can make a joke about it Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, which again, it was like the original goal was like I'll 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 get published, but then it was like very quickly like I just want to make other people here laugh, yeah. And uh, so that's what I love that we can vote, we can comment. You guys started the podcast. Um, well, fast forward to last year. So um, my sister came to know the Lord uh, almost a year ago. So it was March of last year. And, uh, but she had been fighting cancer for about the year before that. Mm-hmm. And her whole life, she'd also been fighting Wilson's disease, which is a very rare liver disorder. So, you know, suffering, um, bewilderment and, uh, mm-hmm. kind of hopelessness were, pr- were pretty like common experiences for me, uh, being worried about her on a lot of levels, but then she came to know the Lord. And then, um, unfortunately the, the cancer kept going. And so mm. she, she passed in September, mm. but the, the night that she passed, we, we knew she was getting close cause she was in hospice, but the, um, I, I went and saw her, I, I came home and then, um, I had this dream where I was in a banquet hall, like for a wedding and actually it was like multiple banquet halls all in this huge building, you know, it was, it was joyful. It was bright. It was very warm. Hmm. And, uh, but for some reason in this dream, like I had a job of turning off the lights in all these rooms and one by one, I would do that. And then people would kind of look at me like, what are you doing? But then they would keep celebrating, dancing, you know, having a good time. And, uh, and I could still hear them even though it was dark. And, um, I woke up to the call that Nicole had passed and, um, immediately I was like, Oh my gosh, I just saw like in this dream through this story, like a vision of what it's like for her to pass into the wedding banquet of the lamb. Mm. 
Wow. Like, like the lights just went out for her, but she's now in the fullness of joy because mm-hmm. she's with Christ. And, uh, and that was a huge comfort to me, just like knowing that. Because again, she was very new to the faith. My wife had really been instrumental. And so, um, you know, I just made this headline, something like, um, you know, rookie grim reaper, like misses another one or something like that. Mm. Uh, you know, oh, how embarrassing death cannot find its sting. I uh, remember that headline. Yeah. That's, that's going to be one that I remember forever. Uh, you know, the, the things that you have posted about your sister, the different comments you made, they're just very touching and really shows how much love you have in your family. Yeah. But, but that, that headline, I love that headline. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So it, it, it really, um, it was powerful to think about that, that, uh, like that, that, that headline is true, right? It's not, it's not just a joke. And I, I think that's my favorite aspect of the, of the bee is when, Yes, we can make fun of clown world, you know, and sort of predict the future, like we we're saying with the mannequins. But I think my favorite part of the bee is when we are making a joke about something joyful and and fun mm-hmm. and true. And it's it's like we we have that to really look forward to, you know. I mm-hmm. uh, I know that I'm going to be there with Nicole one day. We're going to be in that wedding banquet together. You know, death is just going to be like, darn it, I lost another one. And we're going to be like, ha ha, what an idiot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's the power of the resurrection. That's, that's the power of faith in Christ. It just, it really reminds me of, we were talking earlier, Skull Craze is about, uh, or I was talking about the, the last battle. And um, I, I have chills just thinking about the way that closes, because I think it really is, yeah, it just echoes what you're saying really about joy and, and truth in God's word, but also the way in which stories can underscore and underpin that. And um, I just had a quick quick look up for the, the final quotes from The Last Battle. And um, I'll just read that quickly, actually, from C.S. Lewis. It says, uh, And as he spoke, he no longer looked at them like a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they are all lived happily ever after. So I love the way that he communicates an unspeakable truth in in in, in those words and that dream you had that's just uh, that's really cool that's incredible. You got my note. Uh, well, I I got uh, a note. We posted a few questions for skull crazes. Piertige posted a headline on the forum, letting everybody know that we'd have skull crazes on. Uh, I posted a. Um, a question over in our group on not the beef for we the people. And so we've got some really good questions. So thank you to everybody. And I will start by asking the first one. This one comes from Too Many Books, also known as Red Dot Assassin. Please name your favorite sci fi writer and which of your writings you like the best. I would probably say James S.A. Corey. That's the author of the Expanse series. It's mm. like nine books and some novellas and now a TV show on the Amazon Prime. Um, I also love Blake Crouch, who's more of a thriller writer, but with a lot of sci-fi themes. I've, I've liked all of his books. Um, and I'm also just getting into some of the classic sci-fi writers like um, Isaac Asimov. You know, we, we've talked about Lewis, and I really love That Hideous Strength, which is the third book in his space trilogy. Mm. It is so that one doesn't happen in space. So minor spoiler. The other two are on different planets, but 
it it's like a uh like a techno thriller in a sense it's like what would happen if a secret society had a crazy technology that they're going to use to take over britain and uh and then the world and mm-hmm. so uh but there's a lot of it's there's fantasy in that as well um i think about that book a lot so I am going to actually skip down to the most interesting question. <laughs> okay, so this one is from Strike Engineer. What is your favorite board game and why? Ooh, that is tough. <laughs> uh, you know, four years ago, I would have said Pandemic, <laughs> but no one wants to play that anymore. <laughs> I, um, I love that we had that one. We made it once um, uh, COVID started, we made it a house rule that nothing none of the diseases in the game can be covid (laughs) (laughs) uh i would say i love playing castle panic it's a uh, semi-cooperative tower defense game and so i i've enjoyed that with my kids or other adults you're defending a castle from these monster hordes and it's we've got like a 50 50 win streak uh with that and it's semi-cooperative because you're you're trying to defend the castle, but you're also trying to be the master slayer and kill the most monsters. And so it's it's a fun dynamic of like trying to win that, but also trying to be like a team player. And so I I yeah, it's just great for character development. I I've turned into Calvin's dad, you know, this will build character type thing. <laughs> I, I say that probably way too much now. <laughs> I, I got Castle Panic not not too long ago. I got the big Kickstarter set that has all the all the figures and the big castle and everything. Oh, is, nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I haven't played it a lot, but yeah, I, I really like it. We, we just got the upgrade with, uh, I think it's Catapults, but mm. we, uh, we've only played it like once or twice, so we haven't really gotten in the groove with that yet. Cool. I've got a question here from Michael D. Macaroni. And he's, he says, I think you've been active on the forum for a lot longer than I have. What was it like when you started? Um, you know, the, it's funny to look back at my old headlines now because they have like just like one or two or maybe if I was lucky, like five votes <laughs> or, uh, of dudes. And I'm like, boy, these, these headlines were terrible. But I think it was because there they'd made so many changes after that first year or so to help you discover more. Because that was before you could follow people. And so it was just whatever headlines you happened to see at that time of day was the ones that you would see and, and vote on. Um, but I think there was less of that community feel, like I've been saying. Hmm. And so it was it was more like, oh, I hope Kyle Mann sees this headline. And and people would tag him sometimes. And um, and that, that was the focus. Um, the volume was a lot less. Uh, there's an article or a, a post Kyle made recently about they get like up to 500 headlines a day, which is crazy to think that maybe one of those will get published. Um, but I think too, that the, the, there weren't as many inside jokes back at the beginning, which is something I've really loved. And, uh, I, I may be skipping ahead here, but, uh, you guys might have seen that I, I created a 2024 calendar, the Beeple calendar. And each, each month is like a different trend or character. Yeah, Kurgle's holding it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some amazing contributions from lots of people put this together. If you 
If you search for Beeple calendar, you can find it on the forum if you haven't ordered one. So actually, I need to change to uh, February now, which is... Oh, yeah. I haven't changed pile. <laughs> So January was the rookie. Uh, and then February is teen laundry pile. And so I collected, you know, a couple headlines uh, to illustrate this, you know, with my God, I can scale a teen laundry pile. Psalm 1829. <laughs> um, teen laundry pile outlast CNN plus. <laughs> so these are all... Uh, subscriber headlines. And I, I think out of all the ones I chose for every month, I think maybe one or two got published. Um, but the, but what's so great about these, uh, these topics and these different characters in this calendar is that these have all been inside jokes that most of which originated in the forum. I think there's one or two that might've been started from an article like Aiden, for example, the problem child, Aiden, but uh, they've all been these inside jokes. And I remember when I first saw these, Kurgle, I think it was one of your teen laundry pile headlines. I'm like, what is the deal with this teen laundry pile? Like, what? <laughs> and I was like, did something happen in the news related to this? Like, did someone die in a laundry pile or something crazy? And it was just like, oh, this is just people having fun and just kind of mm-hmm. spitballing random headlines. And then I'm like, oh, these are the headlines that no one expects to get published. It's just like just having fun with each other. And then particularly it became that way with the Gerald Hemsworth headlines, <laughs> uh, which that was also fun because that was born out of like three of us um, throwing around some ideas. Uh, Stanky Stankowitz and uh, Alola Raichu really started that. And then I, I made the first headline, but it was from them kind of joking around about something. And so th- this is what I've loved about the forum is that we have these characters that we've created. We have these topics that we just keep making jokes about. And it, it's like, it's our thing, you know, it, it's our fun thing together. Yeah. That I love the inside jokes the most too. And, you know, you, you know, they're not going to be something that gets published, but they are just so fun to me. It, it always feels like, you know, a family sitting around a table, you're telling jokes to each other that only you are going to get. And there's just something special about that. And it's so fun. And yeah, that's my favorite part. Um, I do have a complaint about your calendar, though. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When when the calendar came in the mail, now I could tell by the package what it was. I was so excited to open it up. I opened it too quickly. And your calendar gave me a really huge paper cut. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Ouch. That'll do it. Yeah. So, so next year, I want them to be paper cut free. Okay. So I definitely should not put razor wire on the next calendar. No yeah. razor wire. Nope. Okay. I'll cancel that then. <laughs> well, well, I'll put the link to the, because I think it was in one of your headlines, wasn't it? Skull crazy. Yes. Uh, so I will find that and link it in the podcast episode notes so people can find that easily. And um, yeah, it is fun, isn't it? Just to see the inside jokes and what's going on in the forum today, by the way, because everyone's posting headlines about seeing their own shadow. Oh, I, I don't know. Cause I, I saw oh, oh, the, it's Groundhog the shadow day. Groundhog Day. Again. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it's Groundhog Day again. <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's kind of been a long day, I guess. <laughs> Prof posted a bacon-related shadow headline. I saw already. <laughs> I did. And then did- I, also, I also did a Gerald Hel- Helmsworth eight the groundhog. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> that one. Which I guess somebody else kind of did a riff on that. I I did. I might have accidentally copied somebody else, but somebody else posted that. I kind of did something just like that. I'm like, well, maybe I saw that and didn't realize it. So yeah. But hey, it's still there. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop one right now. Joel Osteen sees shadow. Predict six more weeks of heresy. Heresy. Mm. That's good. The yeah. B did one about Biden already just a few minutes ago. Too. <laughs> so it is Joe Biden sees shadow attempts to shake its hand, <laughs> which is a very good one. Yeah. Kudos good. to the writer who got that one. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Dissidente Redactico who posted a couple of hours ago AOC sees her shadow six more weeks of stupid. Yes, that is good. <laughs> that is very good. Next question from Dahl Amroth. How does he stay sane in the great heathen city? Also, where can he get one of the best Mexican food there? The best Mexican food is usually at like the Tex-Mex restaurants like Chewy's, where it's like a combination of, say, brisket with, uh, you know, with fajitas um, or like fried chicken in a taco at Torchy's Tacos. Um, in terms of saying sane, um, well, like I said, we we live a little bit outside the city limits uh, of a very large liberal city uh, that, that goes a little crazy at times. Uh, so you have to kind of keep your distance. You know, it's like that crazy uncle. You're like, okay, I'll just <laughs> sit at the other end of the table from this guy. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I uh, for me personally, I to what I actually did about three years ago is I started a book club uh, of of some other dads that I knew were having similar concerns as me with what was going on with schools here. Uh, what's just kind of going on generally in culture. And we just started reading books to kind of uh, address these issues that are changing and turning America into clown world. And we're like, okay, how do we make sense of this? Number one. And how do we, what do we do about it? And and then especially as Christians, like how do we uh, respond? We don't want to, you know, just, uh, just become angry or bitter or something, but like, how do we have hope and how do we have some kind of, you know, missional purpose in all of this? Hmm. Here's one from Vasquez. Uh, what was your favorite episode of MST 3k? Oh man, that's so hard. <laughs> I mean, the Gamera ones immediately come to mind, but I would actually say it's the movie where they watch this Island earth. I I have watched that so many times and I, I quote it in my head all the time. <laughs> like even just simple things like, oh, the script arrived. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, man. And uh or where there's like I think it's from that one or maybe another one where there's like someone like drowning in a river and you know, it's a very sad scene. <laughs> and uh I think it's Crow goes, Oh, by the way, I left a hundred thousand dollars in the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah this island earth was amazing because it's like it is like the worst sci-fi ever i mean it's nothing about it is science it's just all weird and very low budget and uh kind of crazy but it takes itself so seriously like it's trying to be so scientific i mean like even things like uh there's the handholds uh they're magnetic and they like put their hands on it and th these are humans putting their hands on a magnetic handhold. Uh, <laughs> so they totally ripped out their shreds. It's like, what, what is this movie? 
I got a question from Jack, good old Jackson Baker, and it's his birthday today, by the way. Ah. And uh, shout out to Jackson. Do go and subscribe to his, his podcast, uh, Beeple's Testimony, mm-hmm. and go and give him a follow as well. He's, uh, he's always posting some really good headlines. His, um, his question for you, Skull Crazers, why didn't Paul just fly the Eagles to Rome? <laughs> I love this question. I commented. I said, "You better make that into a headline, or I'm going to steal it." I saw that. Yeah. Well, as as anyone would know from the the deep lore, uh, you know, the eagles couldn't fly that far, and plus there were the uh, the Nazgul that would that would spot them, and the whole thing would just be over. But also, I think Pompeii exploded around that time, so you know there'd be a lot of debris in the air taking the eagles out. Sadly sad okay i've got one from murph or grateful murph probably a loaded question but i'm going to ask it anyway compare and contrast the fantastical truth podcast with the we the people podcast which host has the most charisma <laughs> it's a trap <laughs> it's a trap <laughs> well we don't have a kurgle so i i think we're definitely at a disadvantage and neither one of us has British accents. We had our first Brit on recently. Uh, one, one of our guests. This is from the uh, Pints with Jack. Uh, well, he was the he's the host of Pints with Jack, and he was uh, one of our guests. So, uh, which is, uh, is his name is David Bates. That Pints with Jack is uh, Jack C.S. Lewis. Um, so he was our, our first British accent. Yeah, we you know I've got my Texas accent. My co-host is from Kentucky, you know, middle America, very neutral accent. So not as interesting to listen to as uh, as a Brit and a boomer, you know, together. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Ah, man. (laughs) Poor prof. I'm not a boomer. (laughs) Okay. So um, I'm going through trying to find a question. A lot of these have already been been asked or been answered. So um, I think here's one from some weirdo named Dr. Conservative Prof. Um, His question is, how many migrants have you surrounded with razor wire? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Let's see. We get about uh, what is it, five thousand a day now. So you know, we're just we're just churning it out as as fast as we possibly can, um, or just building a my pillow fort around everything. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that, that seems to also work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to read out the question from Gen X Ambassador. He was asking, and we have talked about this already. Your avatar, Star Wars stormtrooper, and um, he just asked, "Do you want to be a stormtrooper when you grow up?" Uh, and I, I did wonder if you would be a little short for a stormtrooper, but I did say I, I did say I'd check with you. So maybe you can just help us out with that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I mean, I'm six foot four, so I guess I'm I guess I'm plenty tall. Um, You're too tall for a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> we we do uh, Nerf gun battles sometimes in our family with mm. with our kids. We got a bunch of those, and it's. Uh, as a father, you're always praying that you'll hit your kids, but not too hard, like not in the eye or something. And so, because you, you don't want to like hurt them. And, and of course, that the game's over as soon as someone gets hit in the, in the eyeball. So it's good to be a stormtrooper and have kind of bad aim because then, you know, your kids can peg you more and then the game keeps going. <laughs> well, as I commented in my headline, 
if you've got a question for Skull Crazes, drop it in the comments and maybe we'll ignore it. So if you if your question hasn't been read, uh, apologies, but obviously uh, we we haven't got endless time here. But I will say, obviously, Skull Crazes can go through and any we haven't covered. I'm sure he, uh, he would be willing when he has a moment to to look at those as well. But uh, hopefully, like Kugel said, a lot of these questions have already been answered uh, in our general backwards and forwards over the last few moments. Stop! Who would cross the Beeple Bridge? Must answer now these questions five. Air into the golden bathtub he dives. All right, now it's time for the five questions. And Skull Crazes, are you ready? Go. Yep, okay. Number one. When did you receive the Babylon Bee into your heart? What is your bee origin story? Yeah, that would have been from the very, very get-go in uh, 2016, I think, is when it started. And, uh, you know, really what it was, was I loved how they made fun of every denomination, one after the other. Hmm. So I think, so I grew up Presbyterian, and I, I they had this headline of uh, motion-activated lights turn off during Presbyterian worship <laughs> service. <laughs> That was fantastic. I remember that one. And then, uh, then like the very next day, it was, uh, you know, 10 people blinded during Pentecostal service by worship lasers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one after another after another. And of course, there's the, you know, the skinny jeans on the youth pastor. And, you know, I, I just, I love that, that sense of like, let's just make fun of ourselves. Uh, obviously, there's plenty of things to make fun of in clown world that, that should be made fun of. But I think it's uh, the way to be mentally healthy is to laugh at yourself as much as possible. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So question number two, what is a favorite headline that you have submitted? Oh, man. Okay. So this is one of those early ones that didn't get a lot of traction, but I <laughs> I've tried to resurrect this one a couple of times. So the bee did a joke once about like, man doing yoga pose accidentally uh, summons demon or something like that. Mm. Uh, and I just thought that was so funny. And so I made this headline about uh, there's this uh, gospel sharing tool I've used in my, my day job. It's called the Avenger cube. And it's sort of like a Rubik's cube that you, you unfold and it's got the, uh, like the four spiritual laws or the bridge illustration of the gospel. And, you know, you turn it different ways and it shows different configurations. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up a Christian. I grew up watching things like Hellraiser. And so I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if, uh, you know, bumbling missionary uh, misuses Evangel Cube and opens portal to hell? Because <laughs> there's, there's this one, fra this one uh, frame on that where it shows like the cross going across like a fiery gulf, you know, representing hell. And uh, I thought, oh, wouldn't that be funny if you like turn it the wrong way and it, and it, and it opens the portal? And so I, you know, it's one of those jokes that did, maybe didn't do well because either A, people haven't heard of Evangel Cube or B, uh, maybe it's heretical. So, uh, you know, probably both, <laughs> hmm. but I, I love the idea of something going horribly wrong the, in, in that kind of setting. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> okay. So the next question, what fast food menu item is the result of the fall? Oh, that's easy. In anything with seafood. I mean, I'm living <laughs> in central Texas. We're nowhere near the ocean. And uh, my wife, Mrs. Crazes, grew up in Hawaii where you get 
fresh seafood. I mean, like directly out of the ocean. Wow. So once I've had that, I'm like, I'm never having any, you know, the, the McFish or whatever the McDonald's <laughs> calls it. <laughs> uh, next question. What is your favorite denomination and why is it Baptist? Yeah, it's actually secret Baptist. That's oh. that's where I go. I go to a go to a church where the Baptist is silent. <laughs> hmm. Silent Baptist. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's something something church, but not Baptist. But you know, you can insert the word Baptist instead of you know community church, for example. Again, I'm feeling a headline is in there somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. So question number five, if the FBI raided your house, how many my pillows would they find? I was, I was worried about this question. I am a very failed conservative because not only do I have no my pillows, I have some really old crummy pillows that uh, really just one that I sleep on. That's it's so old and yuck, but uh, it just, it's perfect. You know, I, I go right to sleep on it. Sorry, Mike Lindell. I, I don't know if I'll ever give that up. But you know, on Boy. the plus side, I'm donating all those my pillows to the border wall in Texas. Okay, well that's good, I <laughs> yeah. guess. So okay, yeah. yeah. I would think a razor wire tipped my pillow <laughs> would be the perfect way to keep somebody out. So yeah. yes, I'm with it. Well, as always, time goes so fast, and it only feels like we've been talking for five minutes. But uh, mm. unfortunately, time is pressing on, and uh, some of us have. Jobs to go back to, teen laundry piles to attack, or in my, in my case, a bed to go to. As usual, it's, it's getting late here. So we're going to call things a day for now. And uh, Skull Crisis, it's been great having you on. Really appreciated your time and uh, really enjoyed listening to you. It's, uh, it's really, truly really encouraging to hear your story, hear your testimony, just hear how God's shaped things around you for his glory and for your good. And um, yeah, like Kurgle said earlier, that some of the headlines that stick with me as well are the, are the real ones, which just death, where is your sting? I mean, I think that that just encapsulates one of the reasons why we have the bee, because it, it can just communicate things in, in such a powerful way. And um, it's been a real blessing having you on the forum. It's a blessing for us as well to, to hear that our podcasters been a blessing to you and encouraged you as well. And um, it's just great how we can help and bless and encourage one another in this uh, unusual format that we find ourselves in on the Babylon Bee. So we want to wish you all the best. And obviously, we'll keep looking out for your headlines and hoping people will go and give you a follow. And we'll be checking out your podcast as well and pray that continues to go from strength to strength. Really enjoyed having you on School Crazes, and I look forward to seeing more of your headlines. Really fun talking to you again. I would like to point out, since I was at Be Live, I got to meet Skull Crazes in person. So nice. Yep. Yes. <laughs> really, really cool to see you again. That was fantastic meeting you, Curl yep. and uh, Tej and Prof. I hope I can meet you guys at the Absolutely. next one. And thank you guys for having me. And, and like I said, thank you for making that, uh, as Kurgle said, the kind of the family table that we get to sit around and, uh, yeah. and laugh with each other. Yeah, so appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Until we, uh, until we see, and you know, Prof and I have said before, we'd love to come to be live. So, if there's any super rich subscribers listening that would like to sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> I need Joel Osteen members. Uh, yeah, 
name and claim Tiege getting here from afar and his family. Yeah. Yeah, I, ca I can't come on my own. I, I, I can't come oh. on my own. I have to bring the family. So, you yeah. know, that's got to be five international tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Skull crazy, Scott bless. And until the next time. Adios. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Content. I would like to point out that so far we have not had a single technical issue. I was just going to say point, the same thing. He's prayed for it. He, he named and claimed it. There yeah. we go. <laughs> just like Joel taught me. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I did think that when he, pray, he prayed for it, I'm like, the first time somebody's prayed that we don't have any hiccups in it. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also because uh, my day job, I'm a professional Christian. So, you know, I get, I get paid to walk You're a professional. Lord. Yeah. I, you know, I should, I should, uh, yeah, professional Christian. We always start meetings and anything major here with prayer too. So mm -hmm. I should be better at that. But professional Christian, I like that. So you get paid to be a Christian, huh? That's right. You know, nice. I, I take nice. communion uh, every hour, pretty much. Every hour, <laughs> hourly communion. <laughs> My communion at noon looks a lot like a sandwich, though. But nonetheless, I take hourly <laughs> communion. Yes. <laughs> You're like the Gen X with with you know, it's like Times New Roman, and we're <laughs> Kurgle and I are like the the Gen X that's like Comic Sans. There you go. <laughs> What about me? I feel left out. <laughs> Papyrus, maybe. I don't know. Oh. That's later, I guess. That's a millennial font. Microsoft Clippy. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Time to scrub up, mate. Soap's your new best friend. Chim chimney, chim chimney. Now get yourself presentable. Dave, for God's sake, get yourself in the shower. You don't want to stink up the entire neighborhood. And for the anniversary, don't mess it up. F flowers, chocolates, make it perfect. Otherwise, you're in for a right kitchen nightmare. Dave, it's Tuesday, bruv. Shower time, innit? And don't be forgetting them flowers for the missus. She'll love you for it.